0: This episode is brought to you by .site domains. If you're looking to build a great website for your business, you can find a short and meaningful domain name on the .site domain extension. To register, visit www.get.site, that's S-I-T-E, and use the code SELFRELIANCE to get up to a 50% discount on your purchase. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance, and my guest today is Gino Wickman. He is the creator of the Entrepreneurial Operating System, otherwise known as EOS. He's the author of a book called Traction and a new book we're going to talk about today called Entrepreneurial Leap. Do you have what it takes to become an entrepreneur? So Gino, thanks for joining me.
1: It is a pleasure to be here, John.
0: So I'm guessing with a title like that, you hope people do one of two things when they read this book.
1: You're on to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they either run for the hills, yeah. you know, or they get excited. Would would that be true?
1: That is 100% <laughs> true. Very insightful of you.
0: Well, the, the, the word leap in there sort of a, has a certain connotation, doesn't it?
1: Yes. I mean, yeah, it has a double <laughs> meaning. I, I never thought of it that way, but it certainly
0: does. <laughs> well, so... I've worked with uh, I've worked with a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs over the years, and I will say that there, there's that word entrepreneur is used rather loosely uh, to apply to maybe all right, and not everybody's an entrepreneur, are they? What, what for you? What's the difference between somebody who's merely self employed or an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, so I love those two words because I, I created something. This is going to create a context that that answers it and probably tees up a great conversation for us. So I created something I call the entrepreneurial range. It's right in the book. And so if you picture in your mind, and for those listening, picture in your mind this arc, and it says entrepreneurial range at the top. On the far right of that arc, if you picture the words true entrepreneur, and the far left side of that arc or range is self-employed. And so every single person that owns a business is somewhere on that range. And this work and the conversation we're about to have around this book is geared for and at true entrepreneurs, the people on the right half of that range. So people on the left half of the range are more your self-employed, one-person shows, consultants, freelancers, side hustles. All the way to the far right are the greatest entrepreneurs of all time. Henry Ford, Walt Disney, Oprah Winfrey, Sarah Blakely. And so every business owner is somewhere on that range. And I just wouldn't necessarily call somebody on the far left side of that an entrepreneur. And so that's just my simple definition.
0: So, so then um, another great raging controversy. Yeah. Um, is that person, that entrepreneur on the far side, born or made?
1: Oh, I love it. I love, it. I love <laughs> it. Well, my very, very strong belief is that you're born with it. I believe a true entrepreneur has six essential traits. You're born with them. They are traits. You can't learn a trait. Uh, it is very much nature over nurture. And that is my experience after three decades of working with thousands of these crazy people.
0: So can you rattle off the six
1: traits, yeah, I would love to. So they are visionary, yeah. passionate. Pa- I'll start over: visionary, passionate, problem solver, driven, risk taker, and responsible.
0: Okay, so when I read that list, you know, and again, I'm I'm immediately assessing myself, right? In um, the uh, uh, and and to me, one of them that seemed to be missing, and maybe you can tell me, oh no, that's inherent in this, but I've always felt like my greatest. Strength maybe was the trait of curiosity. Mm. I just always want to see how stuff's done, why it's done, how I could do it differently, um, and I, you know, maybe that's maybe that's actually a, a fault uh, when I thought it was a strength.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's a byproduct. So there is, um, there's this three to four page riff I do in the book on you know the the characteristics of an entrepreneur and in that what you're saying there is in there and so the byproduct of somebody with these six essential traits they exhibit all of these characteristics and one is very much curiosity and so when you roll together visionary problem solver and driven you are just naturally curious I mean you're trying to figure stuff out constantly Mm -hmm. all day every day and and so I really believe it's a byproduct
0: so one of the other ones that, um, that I wrestle with sometimes um, is because a lot of people think of entrepreneurs as risk takers. Um, I've met a lot of really great entrepreneurs that were not risk takers. They were actually risk averse, yeah. um, but they were also capable of, of persistence, of reframing things, of, you know, of, of learning from their mistakes. But they weren't necessarily what you'd think of as I'm going to go all in kind of people.
1: Yeah. So you're you're asking good questions because this one has been asked multiple times as well. And and so this it's a fun one because everybody thinks on the surface when they see risk taker, they think of, you know, taking that entrepreneurial leap and starting that business as the risk. And that's one of yeah, yeah. the many risks. And so I do yeah. believe most great entrepreneurs are calculated risk takers where the risk comes in is the thousand tough, brutally tough, scary decisions you make over the next 10 years. And that's the risk taking we're talking about because those entrepreneurs you're talking about that you've known, they make really tough, great decisions and they know they're jeopardizing their company, their people, their product, whatever it is, each time they make a tough decision but they make the tough decision. And people that don't have this, they freeze, they overanalyze, they're petrified, they won't make a decision and the company is stuck Never grows and pretty much goes out of business. So,
0: so, so the ultimate risk takers are people that uh, that stay in a job, right?
1: Yeah, that stay in a job. <laughs> I don't think yeah. so. I don't think so. They, they're <laughs> incapable of working for someone. Well, I would say somebody that's a risk taker, along with the other five traits, you're totally unemployable. There's you. You have yeah. no business okay, working yeah. for somebody.
0: So, <laughs> I've also met a lot of entrepreneurs that their first two or three tries uh, failed mainly because they were an entrepreneurial fit. They had these traits, but whatever they started wasn't the right business. Um, You know, it didn't, they weren't passionate about it. It just was like something they thought was an opportunity that, you know, had a good upside. Um, Talk to me a little bit about the necessity for both of those things to come together.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting there because, you know, now I want to just read the whole book to you cover to cover because (laughs) there's so much packed in what you just said. And I just want to try to do this really fast and high level. But the book is written in three parts. I call it confirm, glimpse and path, confirming that you're an entrepreneur, showing you a glimpse of the life and all of your options and a path to get there. Well, in what you're saying, there's a little bit in each one of those that helps head that off because I'm trying to head off at the past, that entrepreneur making a bad decision because in there, what it's helping them do is find the passion. It's helping them find the ideal business that they're built for and drawn to. And I share every single option that exists on the planet. And there's literally a tool that you fill it out. It gives you an answer. And so that helps solve that problem. Because the other little point is, Every entrepreneur is not built to be successful in every business. So that's why those failures and I'm helping to reduce the failure rate. There's a couple examples of how I'm doing it.
0: Have you ever tried looking for a domain name? Chances are that the first few options you tried were not available and you're not alone. I mean, over 65% of domain name searches actually fail because, you know, all good domain names are already taken. But that's not necessarily true. In fact, I got myself selfreliance.site where I talk about my book, The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur and share content to help people become self-reliant in their entrepreneurial journey. You too can get your very own .site domain for as low as $1.99. Visit www.get.site or click the link in the description. Description on the show notes page. Search for your unique dot site domain and use the code SELF RELIANCE to get 50% off your domain purchase. So, so, you know, we've talked a lot about like the fit part, you know, are you, you know, do you have the traits and things, but you know, once some, if, if somebody go, comes to you and you assess them, for example, and I know you don't really do that, but let's say you assessed an individual for uh, and say, yeah, you're the right fit. I mean, what would be next? Like, how would they start to discover what that right business was for them?
1: Yeah, and so I'll give you kind of the high level on this one. And so there's a tool I created, it's called My Biz Match. You literally go to the website, it's free, fill it out, and you get an answer. But when you're deciding on a business, there are thousands of choices. And I'll break it down into three categories. You have to decide what industry you're drawn to, you have to decide the type of business you're drawn to, and you have to decide the size that is appealing to you. Taking each one, industries, there are hundreds, and I list them all in My Biz Match in the tool. Number two, type of business, there are three factors there. There is number one, are you a product entrepreneur or a service entrepreneur? Rarely are you both. What are you drawn to? Yeah. I abhor product businesses. It's not, they, inventory gives me heebie jeebies. I'm <laughs> a service entrepreneur. I love delivering an intangible service. The second part is, B2B, to B2C. To Are you the type of person that loves selling to businesses or consumers? Very, very different sales processes. And then the third is, do you want to be high price, high cost, low volume or low cost, high volume? Because we're all different and you can't be both. And then the third is size. You know, it's, it's a fallacy that every entrepreneur should build a billion dollar tech unicorn company. And so having a $3 million heating and cooling company that throws off 20% profit is admirable and that's great. And so some entrepreneurs should only build a $4 million company, which is incredible, or a $1 yeah. million dollar or hundred million. And so to go in knowing those options, you'll start to really see what you're drawn to. And you literally fill out my biz match and it tells you perfect industry, perfect type perfect size and it gets your gears turning and helps you get drawn to the right
0: business all right so how do i know without doing so so you know you say you know this what size business i mean how do i know that if i've never done it before
1: you just you have to try something on and so the way it works if you are completely lost try something on okay and so that's the other beauty is it lets you have multiple choices in industry and so you got to try something out. And so if you're not sure, let's pretend you do it, get a result. Then you just need to go work for a company for free right. work case that does that. And so when I was 21 years old, I thought I wanted to open a corporate travel agency and I went and worked for one for a year and I learned in months that there's no way in hell that's the business I wanna be in. <laughs> it was not for me, low margins, highly competitive. And so I checked the box, okay, that's not the right one for me. And then I moved on to the next thing and I got into real estate next. And so you gotta go out and you gotta tinker and you gotta play and you gotta decide. The, uh, the alternative is to sit on your ass. And and do nothing and wait right. for the answer to come. That's not a good formula. you, you <laughs> got to try
0: something. Yeah, yeah. No, I, try something. I've said that all the time. I mean, you got to experience a lot of things to, yes. to get an answer. You can't sit in a room and decide what you're going to be. Um, so you just mentioned one of them, but what are some of the other things that might increase somebody's odds of succeeding?
1: Well, so then now let's jump to path. Okay. And so let's pretend you've confirmed that you have the six essential traits. If you don't, your odds are slim that you're gonna build an organization with people and you might wanna stay on the left side of that entrepreneurial range. Number two, let's pretend you decided the right business for you. And then in Glimpse, I'm also teaching uh, eight mistakes to avoid. We don't have to go into those right now, but, but assuming you've learned those and you're aware of those and you're gonna avoid those eight mistakes, now we're into PATH. And what PATH does is exactly what you're saying. It greatly increases your odds. And so it gets into things like, how to discover your passion, how to find and tap into a mentor because mentorship greatly increases your odds finding someone who is where you are. I urge 10-year thinking because that helps you make better decisions. But to get specific, then the next two chapters, I teach eight disciplines to greatly increase your odds of success. And then I teach the nine stages. And so let's go to those eight disciplines. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna rip through them really fast. And I would love you who knows your audience better than I know your audience Pick two of them that you think would be fun for them to learn about. But here are the eight disciplines for increasing your odds of success. Number one, clarify your vision. Number two, decide if you are a partner person. Number three, know that the bigger the problem you solve in the world, the more successful you will be. Number four, get feedback from customers and clients early and often. Number five, know that your first plan will not be your final plan. Number six, work hard, really hard. Number seven, take criticism and doubt from others with a grain of salt. And number eight, see it every night.
0: Well, you know, I'm a giant fan of feedback um, that you should build your business with your customers to some degree. Um, So I'd love to hear kind of your thinking on, on that one.
1: Here, here. So your job as an entrepreneur is to keep your ear to the ground and know your clients better than they know themselves. There's a great quote by Henry Ford that said, if I would have listened to my customers, they would have wanted a faster horse. Right. So you've probably heard that quote before. So the whole point is, let's pretend you take your entrepreneurial leap. You sell your first thing and generate dollar one. Your job is to now listen to your customer. Did they like it? How do they feel about it? Get their reaction, get their feedback. And then you sell 10 and then you sell 100 and then you sell 1,000. Well, keep getting their feedback because what's going to happen is it's going to evolve. Your plan's going to evolve. Your product's going to evolve. Your service is going to evolve. And the only way you can evolve and stay one step ahead of your customer and not let your competition kick your ass is to know constantly what they want, know them better than they know themselves and keep making those adjustments so you're providing them incredible value that no one else is providing them.
0: Yeah, you know, think of all the companies over the years that went out as selling XYZ and, you know, f- come to find out that that a whole, you know, a much better product was, was, you know, what their customer or a much different product or service, you know, completely changed the company because that's, you know, when they started getting customers, their customers said, we need this.
1: Here, here uh, and, and, that'll, then, that'll
0: be company.
1: and then two quick examples. In my world, you know, when I built EOS and created EOS and wrote all those wonderful books, I spent five years with 50 clients and 500 sessions doing the work before I put the finishing touches on it. So I got so much feedback. This new book, Entrepreneur Leap, I had 75 test readers, the most ever. And so I got this incredible feedback, but validation that the content was perfect, but also some wonderful tweaks to make it perfect. So you got to get feedback. You got to be comfortable taking some bullets, hearing some tough feedback, being willing to change and evolve. So get feedback early and often.
0: A lot of times when people see success stories out there, you know, they don't see what came before, (laughs) you know, they see the, the overnight success. Right. Um, would you, my experience is that that entrepreneurs, um, that, you know, that succeed ultimately, you know, it's, you know, entrepreneurship is the greatest self-development program ever created, you know, that they continue to evolve. Would you say that, that there are set like you really see stages like a company or an individual has to like go through these seasons or these stages, you know, on their way to and, and maybe not the same time frame, but but that you kind of have to evolve uh, to to ultimately succeed? You know, so yes and no, you know, so so I, there is a chapter
1: I write called the nine stages and I can quickly rip through those, but it's not, I don't think it's what you think because I'm not so sure I would give a definitive answer to that point because there, it is non-existent. There is nothing that exists on the planet in the way of a system, a process to build a business. It is the ugliest, messiest, most brutal thing in the world, building a business and anybody trying to sell you a process for building a business is selling you something, okay? So, but what I believe is there are these milestones, these stages, these things that occur on your journey that if you know about them in advance, you can be prepared for them. And so do you want me to just quickly rip through them and you'll get a sense of what I'm talking about? Yeah,
0: yeah, that'd be great. And I'm sure that you could do that on the negative side and say like, here's where companies struggle. They get to this yeah. milestone. This one. <laughs> right. that the, that's when trouble shows up. So so you're, yeah, you're, go for
1: it. Yeah, and the inverse of the each one of these is exactly that. And so the first stage is obviously generating cash. And so when you start the business, that should be your only obsession. The downside what what most entrepreneurs are doing is they're you know tinkering with you know <laughs> operations and anyway, so they're looking at working on everything else other than generating cash. Priority one: generate cash. Number two is hiring an integrator. A person with these six essential traits is a wild and crazy visionary entrepreneur. And you need to be counterbalanced with an integrator. So there's terminology I created in the small business world called visionary integrator. And you just have to know when it's time for an integrator. Some are savvy enough to hire their integrator immediately. Some have to wait 10 years. But number you you will not grow your organization to its full potential without an integrator. So, again, the downside is you don't hire an integrator and your chief cook, bottle washer, as a visionary, caught up in details that you shouldn't even be thinking about details. Number three. Yeah, and, discovery- you, and,
0: and you talk about that at great length in rocket fuel, right? Yeah, um, yes. yeah,
1: the integrator. yeah. If your audience wants to hear more about the visionary integrator concept, yes, rocket fuel is the end all be all. Number three is discovering your core values. And so the mistake here is they wait too long to discover their core values. Their culture is amorphous. They're hiring all the wrong people. And so you've got to know your core values early. So you're only hiring people into that culture, those core values. Number four is holding yourself accountable. And so I always say, if you're not willing to be accountable to yourself and others, you're not going to succeed. And so I always say, Have your three numbers. When you launch your business, know your three numbers. Hold yourself accountable to those three numbers every week. And if you really want to amp up the accountability, tell your significant other what those three numbers are. Uh, Number five, communicating frequently with your employees. And so you've got to constantly communicate. Once you bring your first employee on and your thousandth employee on, you've got to communicate. You've got to keep the circles connected through a great meeting pulse ongoing. And the the, the mistake there is entrepreneurs bring all these people in. These people come in because they're so bought into the passion of the entrepreneur, but then the entrepreneur doesn't communicate. And communication is always the biggest issue. Number six is having a plan B, C, and D. So this stage is knowing that at some point you are going to have to shift to plan B. You you absolutely will. If you think plan A is gonna work for the next five years, you are kidding yourself. And so at some stage, you're gonna have to shift to B and then possibly C, rarely D, but it could happen. Number seven is staying in your personal sweet spot. And so there comes a point, there's the stage when you are starting to really kick butt, flywheels turning, you're realizing some success, in what you created, I call that your core focus or your sweet spot, all of a sudden you see this shiny thing and you go after it. And what, what happens is entrepreneurs start going after all these shiny things, lose sight of their core, get out of their sweet spot, make mistakes. Number eight is preventing the business from getting away from you. And this gets to that my biz match we talked about. If your intent is to build a $5 million company in this particular industry, this particular product, these particular customers, What will happen with entrepreneurs is they just totally let it get away from them. All of a sudden, they find themselves with eight locations. They're doing 20 million. They want to pull their hair out. They're breaking even. They just let it get away from them. And then number nine is capitalizing on coaching, training, and mentoring. And so at stages, you've got to find that next mentor, that next knowledge, that next piece of insight. And so those are the nine stages as quick as I can give them to you.
0: Awesome, I'm speaking very quickly with Gino Wickman, author of Entrepreneurial Leap. So Gino, why don't you tell us where people can find uh, more about uh, the work you're doing, uh, the, the assessment, uh, the book, all those things.
1: You bet, so the epicenter of all things Entrepreneurial Leap is the website e-leap.com. There you will find a free assessment. So we're talking about confirming that you're an entrepreneur. If you have these six essential traits, you can take that for free and find out. That's where you can find my bizmatch. There are nine free tools there. The book is available on all major retailers, Entrepreneurial Leap, but you can certainly find it through the website. And so there's a wealth of free knowledge there. And if you think you're an entrepreneur in the making, please go there. And it will greatly increase your odds of success. Awesome.
0: Gino, thanks for taking the time to stop by the podcast. And hopefully uh, we'll run into you someday soon out there on the road again.
1: It was a blast, John. Thank you.